Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Episode number 51. In this episode, I will be talking with Jillian Todd. Jillian is a bookkeeper and financial coach for creative business owners and also a total badass. We talk about money shame, money guilt, and how you are smart enough to handle your finances. Stay tuned because you won't want to miss this episode. Oh, real quick. Have you checked out the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group yet? If you haven't, you are totally missing out. There's a badass group of women who are always supportive of each other and you can share your dreams and your goals. So check out the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group today. Now to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. Today's guest is Jillian Todd. Jillian, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? I definitely would consider myself badass. (laughs) Awesome. I love when I hear that. (laughs) Have you always felt that way? Oh, definitely not. I, it's ironic because I'm a finance coach now, but I used to have a major problem with overspending, feeling out of control with my money, with my finances. Um, so I definitely for a long time felt not even ordinary, probably like a little lit <laughs> underneath that. Um, but through doing the work, through recognizing my own patterns and habits and working to change those, I've managed to come to a place where I feel badass. Was there a point, like a specific point where it started changing for you? Yeah. So, um, I actually studied finance in school. I was an accountant. Um, and it got to a point where I was working in corporate accounting. I was working in corporate finance, but my own personal finances were like truly a hot mess. And so there was Jillian, you know what to do. Like, you know, the principles, you understand how to save money, how to get out of debt, how investments work, right? Like, why are you not using this work, this knowledge that you have and applying it to your own life? So, um, once I was kind of able to do that, it like really switched to flip for me. And I was able to like, again, break out of that cycle and like really make some lasting change. Yeah. I don't know. So for my journey, I paid off like $106,000 in debt in just under two years. But I think that getting control of my finances, like led to my badassery. Like it made me feel like I was like able to get control of my life and it bled into other things. Did that happen to you at all? Yeah, totally. I always say momentum is like the biggest thing with any financial goal or any goal in general, right? It's about seeing, like saying I'm going to do something and actually seeing myself do it. Because I think so many of us, like we get excited. It's, you know, January 1st, New Year's Day. We're like, all right, this is the year. This is the month. I'm really going to crush it. And when you keep letting yourself down, you like create that pattern um, and it just feels terrible. So like, again, like seeing that momentum, seeing yourself actually like make the progress, actually save the money, actually pay off the debt. Like 
really reinforces that you are a badass. Um, so I totally agree. Yes. So Jillian, I know you talked about being in corporate finance. Can you tell us more, like introduce yourself to the Ordinary to Badass audience and tell us a little more about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Jillian Todd. I am a personal finance coach for creative women. And basically what I do every day is I help people build that momentum that I was talking about earlier. I think so often we get in patterns of like self-sabotage or so many of us have feelings of shame and guilt and fear around money of like, I don't even really want to look at my bank account. I don't want to check that credit card statement because I'm not going to like what I'm going to see. So like really leading them from a place where they are ashamed or feel guilty or like afraid to look at their money to a place what I like to call money confidence, which is really feeling empowered by your money, knowing that you have a plan to get to where you want to go and having that confidence in yourself that, hey, I said I want to go do this thing, whether it is save money or buy my dream house or finally get out of debt or start investing. And like, now I'm going to go take the steps to do it because I feel empowered. I know I can do this. And now I have the tools to do it. So if somebody is feeling shame around their finances, what's something that they can do to stop feeling that way? Yeah. So I always talk about a couple different things when it's like the things that get in our way when it comes to like taking that first step. And so shame and guilt are super related and except that they kind of come from different places. So shame is like an internal feeling of like, I'm not worthy of making a lot of money. People like where I'm from don't make money. People who look like me don't have money. My family was poor. Like I'm always going to be poor, right? It's like the internal beliefs that you have about what you're worth or what you're willing to accept. And I think especially like as women, it's so deep in our, you know, DNA. It's kind of raised. um, So many of us feel like we never even had the, it was never really even on our radar, right? Because like we grew up and our parents take care of us and then eventually we'll get married and our partners will take care of us, right? So it's almost a place of like, I shouldn't even look at this, right? It's not my place to look at money. Um, and so that's kind of shame. And really like recognizing those feelings, recognizing where that comes from is the first step, right? It's not like you realize you have these negative feelings about money and then you're like, poof, I'm healed. Thank you, Dylan. all my money woes are solved, right? Like it's never that simple. These are like, deep things that like beliefs that you've had probably your entire life and have been carried generation to generation, but it really is like recognizing the belief and having empathy for yourself, right? So like when you make a decision that is maybe not aligned with who you want to be and the goals that you're striving for, not beating yourself up and saying like, oh, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I like blew the money again at Target or on Amazon Prime or whatever your specific thing is, but instead saying like, okay, like, what happened there? Like, how was I triggered? How can I make a better decision next time? How can I set myself up for success so that I get back on the wagon faster and don't continue that shame spiral that just really doesn't lead you anywhere, right? Like it's not helpful. It makes you feel terrible. So instead like having empathy for yourself and saying like, how can I support myself better next time? And again, that will help you like build the momentum and overcome those feelings of shame. So when it comes to like budgeting and getting in control of your finances, A lot of times people think that's so restrictive. And so they hate the word budget because it's just restrictive and it doesn't sound fun. What would you say to that woman? Yeah, totally. I think most of us kind of get that feeling. We we hear the word budget and we think of like spreadsheets and I can never have the fancy sushi platter ever again, right? (laughs) Like it just sounds not fun. Um, But I always say budgeting is meant to help you. It's not supposed to hurt you, right? It's not to torture yourself like staying up at night watching spreadsheets. It is really having a plan ahead of time so you know what's coming in, what's going out, and you don't have to think about your money 
24 seven, right? Like you should never be in a place where your credit cards are keeping you up at night or you're like scrambling, trying to figure out how you're paying your mortgage, right? Like having a budget, setting that plan ahead of time, you've like dedicated time to it. You know what's going on, you know what's coming in, what's going out, what strategic moves you're gonna make as well, right? Like, are you focused on paying off debt? Are you saving for your kid's college? Like that's a time for you to do all of that. And then the rest of your month or week or period, you're free to do spend that time, that money, that mental energy on more fun things, right? Like your money is a tool. It should not control your life. You should use it to create the life and the things that you want in your life. What do you think is a common misconception that people have about money, finances, or budgeting? Yeah, I think um, a really common misconception is that people think that they're not smart enough to handle their own money, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's something that I'm like actively working against. Like you full stop are smart enough, savvy enough, educated enough to handle your own money, right? Like it's just addition, subtraction. There are definitely systems in place to make you feel, to make all of us feel that we are not smart enough, that we're at a disadvantage for managing our own finances. But I think once you realize that that's actually not true, that your the best financial plan is something that meets your specific needs because every one of us is different, right? Like I have different dreams and ambitions and goals than you have right. and that someone has. So really the best person to be managing that, really the best person to be creating a strategy and a plan around that is you, right? And so it really is just about you like stepping into your power, realizing that you are smart enough, you are capable enough and you're deserving of it. Um, and so I'd say that is definitely like the biggest misconception. Yeah, I think that that's very true. Like, it's so easy to just think that like, oh, I'm too stupid or this isn't for me. Other people can get it, but I can't, you know, but sometimes it just takes starting, you know, sitting down yeah. and doing the work. <laughs> um, totally. So that, and starting is always the hardest part. Yes. <laughs> um, well, that and then sometimes like right after, like something is always bound to come up and challenge you right after you decide to start, like to be like, do you really want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> totally. So let's talk a little bit about your wins. Can you share with us something that you're most proud of accomplishing? Yeah, actually. So a personal win or a client win? You choose. Okay, sure. So a personal win that I actually just shared um, with my community, because I think it's so important that I'm not just like talking the talk, um, but I want to show you that I'm like in the journey with you. So I actually am recently debt free and I'm super excited about it. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I just finished paying off my car and my last credit card. So I'm officially debt free. I like, I always like to share that. And I like to say like, I'm not the guru sitting on top of the mountain, right? Like I'm the person walking alongside you. I'm also saving the money and paying off debt and investing in myself and, you know, taking those leaps. So yeah. That's awesome. So what did it take to get there? Yeah, for sure. So the biggest thing was really creating, kind of going back to budgeting, creating a budget that I could actually stick to long-term. Um, I think a lot of us do this too. Like when I would set up a budget, I would like it'd be the beginning of a pay period or something like that. And I'd be like, okay, not going to Target, never eating out again, um, <laughs> eating all the discount cereals, clipping coupons, <laughs> right? And so kind of like you said, that plan works, right? But it's not fun to stick to. And personal finance is a marathon, right? You're probably not going to save $10,000 tomorrow or be out of debt next week, right? This is a plan. It's like creating a plan that you can stick to long-term so that you are able to build that momentum. Um, I always say like airplanes use like 40% of their fuel at takeoff, right? And so it takes a lot of energy to get started. And so really like 
having a plan ahead of time that like leaves in the things you love the most, which is like making sure you have room in your budget for like your partner date night and like ice cream sundaes with the kids, right? Like having the things you love the most, because if you don't have any fun in your budget, if it's just you sitting in the dark in your apartment, eating beans and rice every single meal, like you're not inclined to want to stick to that plan. So like really creating something that is sustainable, um, that is rewarding, that hits those needs for you the most. I think that people struggle when they go outside their budget. They allot $100 for, let's say, entertainment, and then they end up spending $120, and then they beat themselves up over it. What's something someone can do if they end up going over on their budget? Yeah, totally. So I would just say, number one, resist the urge to beat yourself up. I always used to joke that I would like fall off the wagon and then flip the wagon over and like light the whole thing on fire and then dance (laughs) around it. Right. Like I think so many of us get frustrated. We like go $20 over and then we're just like blow the whole budget up. Right. And so we're like, well, none of this matters. Like I'll just try again next month or whatever. So it's about having empathy for yourself, but then also next month remembering that and saying, okay, so maybe a hundred dollars is too restrictive. How can I learn from that? How can I set myself up better? So can I make, um, can I move $50 from another area? If entertainment is super important to me, can we figure out another place to go to date night? That's maybe not so expensive, right? It's about getting curious instead of like automatically going to that place of shame or just like lighting the whole budget on fire and deciding like, I'll just try again in six months. Yeah. So I imagine that um, kind of going back to your debt-free Um, thing. That's pretty exciting that you paid off all your debt. What is something that you learned about yourself through doing that? Yeah. um, I'll say the biggest thing is just the commitment to a goal. Really. It is like, it's addictive almost. And like really seeing myself, like number one, having the extra money in my budget every single month is super exciting. Like this is the first month that I like didn't have any of the payments. So that was like, Oh my gosh, I have all this money. (laughs) It's awesome. But I think Really, it's not even about that. It really was like kind of calling my shot and then actually seeing myself do it. I think um, I've learned so much about myself and like what is really important to me, right? Like when I was creating a budget, as I was learning, as I was growing, I had to really understand myself, right? So like my budget looks different than your budget might look or that someone else's budget might look. So for me, something that's really important is I have a dog and like I buy the expensive dog food because she is like allergic to other stuff. Right. And so it makes sense to me and like my lifestyle and the things that I have. Um, and it might not make sense to other people. So like really building the momentum is one, but then also like learning that it's okay to kind of stay in my lane and focus on what's important to me and not get caught up in the comparison game. Cause it's so easy when you see someone else going on vacation or like they bought new shoes or I guess no one's really going on vacation right now because of coronavirus, <laughs> but right? Like not getting caught up in that cycle of um, comparison, but really focusing on like what is important to me and like what was important to me at the time, like the big goal was getting out of debt. It's been awesome. And I think with money, it is so dang easy to get stuck with comparison to be like, oh, this person has this car or this house or gets to go on this vacation. And like, I don't have any of that, but you, you just don't know. You don't even know what they're charging. You know, they might not be paying for it with cash. Totally true. Totally true. So we just heard a little bit about your wins. Now let's pivot and talk a little bit about your struggles. Tell us about a time when you gave up, but now you wish you wouldn't have. Yeah, I will say um, something personally is my house journey. So 
I am, I live in Atlanta and it is just, like I said, kind of earlier, me and my dog and a dream of mine has always been to buy a house. And I kind of have flip-flopped and gone back and forth on it because also I'm working on getting out of debt, right? So prioritizing really what was most important for me at the time. Um, and so I had an opportunity actually a couple months ago to buy a house for like a very low price. And, you know, I was like pre-qualified in X, Y, and Z. Um, and I didn't go for it because I was focused on getting out of debt. And also it was the beginning of coronavirus. And I was like, should I buy a house right now? Um, but I really, the, the lesson was that I kind of let fear get in the way, right? I let my like known plan or like what I think is going to happen override my gut response, which was, wow, this is really awesome. I've been wanting a house forever. And here's this beautiful golden opportunity that's kind of been presented to me on a plate, right? And instead of like going with it and saying like, hey, I'll figure it out. Like, it's okay if my debt journey gets pushed back a couple months because of this great opportunity that I want. I instead leaned on fear and said, oh, well, like, no, now's not the time. Here's all the excuses, coronavirus and my plan and X, Y, and Z, instead of kind of like letting the gift um, that it was be what it was. I thought it can be hard to determine when it's fear or when it's just trying to be financially smart. You know what I mean? Because you've started, you've, been on a path of trying to get all your finances done. And then it's so easy to get like, like the shiny object syndrome to be like, Ooh, I want that. I want that, you know, and fall back. So how do you kind of, uh, decipher what's fear or what's just shiny object syndrome? Yeah, totally. I think it comes back to looking at what your core values are. Um, and so for me, like, again, cause it's all personal, like what matters to me and what is important to me, is going to be different from the next person. But for me, like, a house is something, especially when you are self-employed, there's so many like hangups and regulations and hoops to jump through. Um, and I'd kind of let that fear of like the unknown keep me from it. It's almost like when you're afraid to look at your credit card statement, like that really is what it was for me. It was like, I'm afraid to look at it. I'm going to act like I don't really want it. And then the opportunity comes and, you know, kind of out of the blue, it was like God in the universe being like, Hey, you said you wanted a house, right? I like, here's this beautiful house for you. Um, and instead of like, going for it, I let that fear come in. So I think it is like, number one, trusting yourself, like knowing yourself and realizing like, what is this aligned with where I want to go long-term, number one. And then like, is this going to, um, is this exciting to me, right? Like I think so often um, we like to play small. We like to pretend that we can't have the things that we want or that like life is hard or money is like super hard to make, or it's not easy to be successful running your own business or you know, whatever your story is. Um, so I think the difference between like fear and like intuition or like um, shiny object syndrome is like really like, is this something that is just a distraction? Is this something that's really going to take me where I want to go? Or is this something that I'm like, I don't want to do the work. So I'm like, <laughs> distract myself with these issues. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's so easy to do to distract yourself. <laughs> um. Can you share with us a story about one of the hardships you have faced to get to where you are today? Sure. So um, I will say one of the biggest hardships was when I first started my business. So um, I shared a little bit of my journey. I was a corporate accountant and I did not love that job. It was like very intense, was working like 78 hours a week. Um, and so I decided I was going to leave that and I started a bookkeeping business. So basically doing accounting for small businesses. Um, and so that was super fun. I loved it. But then really, um, 
honoring myself and like staying grounded in my worthiness of money because I was so used to hustling all the time and working. And like, so I had a hard time charging the prices or charging what I was really worth with money. So I got to a point where I had a big, booming, successful business on paper, but I was making realistically like $20,000 a year, still working 80 hours a week. Um, so I think like staying true and connected to my value and what I was worth when I had the chance to name the price, right? Because I think when you have a corporate job or something like that, like it is easier, you know, you have the paycheck and the benefits and it's like someone else kind of tells you what you're worth. And so for me, like getting to that point where I was comfortable naming my own worth and saying like, no, I work hard. What I bring to the table is valuable. I am worth this because I see the results that I'm giving you um, was really, really hard for me. But once I learned that lesson, like it is so ingrained in me now, I will basically like preach it to anyone who stands still long enough. Like you are worth it. You like have so much value, not even in what you do, but just who you are as a person, your experiences, your story, your life is just so worth it. So how do, I mean, like in the practical sense, I know that knowing your values is important, but how do you kind of get over that hump to actually believe it? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, truly it is starts with your actions first. Um, and your beliefs almost have to catch up if that makes sense. So like for me, it really was like hiring a business coach and having her tell me like, Hey, I love you. These prices are not sustainable. You are not making any money. You were like so stressed and like, you need to charge more for your money. Right. So I was like, okay, like, obviously this is the change I had to make. And originally like I had those feelings that we all have of like imposter syndrome and fraud and feeling like all my clients were going to tell me to like, go F myself. I raised my prices. Right. But like, um, I think it really is like taking the action first. And then again, once you see the results, you're like, Oh, like this is fine. Yes. I did lose clients, but like, I'm way happier. Right. I think we like have so much pressure to make ourselves small almost to like be the comfort of other people, but really like you're not serving anyone in that way. And so like you almost have to see the action first um, and then let your beliefs catch up to it. Yes. And I think for the O to Beers listening, um, I think it's important to realize too, that sometimes you do need outside help, like have a mentor, have somebody who's been through it before you whether it's business or life or parenthood, like being a parent, find a mentor who can help you through those times because you don't have to always bear the load on your, sho- on your shoulders. Totally. Let's pivot. I know you were kind of talking about your, your money mindset and how that changed. So let's also talk about your mindset and how it has led to your badassery. Yeah. So I think uh, mindset is honestly everything. It is like you can have you know, people doing the same thing, but with different mindsets will have totally different results. So really like, since I've come into this place where I know my worth and I'm like, not afraid to apologize for it. I've seen such a ripple effect, not only in my life and in my business, but with my clients as well. And honestly, just my friends and my family now, like I'll like been talking to my mom and my younger sister about personal finance and just seeing them have the results, seeing them make progress, um, has been incredible. So I'll say like something that was really important to me is um, again, recognizing those underlying money stories of like not feeling like I was worthy, being afraid to be seen, honestly, like to be seen as the expert, even though I'm like been doing this for so many years. Right. Um, And really leaning into those things has like really enabled me to 
grow into the person that I always wanted to be, but was really too afraid to be, right? Like I've always wanted to help other women. And like, I obviously love spreadsheets. I'm a financial coach, right? Like I love the number <laughs> crunching and I, now I get to do that, right? And it's the life that I have is truly because I let myself have it. Um, and I think that's really what money mindset is and really mindset in general is. It's like letting yourself be who you were afraid to be. Do you have any tips or tricks to help us improve our mindset? Sure. So I would say the biggest thing is take some time um, and think about like three or four stories from your childhood about money, for example. Um, And the trick is if you can remember it, it was probably significant, right? And this goes for anything. This goes for, you could do the same thing about career or family or relationships or marriage or business, right? Like what do your parents think about entrepreneurs? And like, think about a couple stories and like, if it, if you can remember it, usually it is significant. And so then breaking down and saying, okay, what was this? What was the story? What was the lesson that I took away as a child from that? Is it that money is evil? Is it that rich people are gross? Is that um, moms who work outside of the home are selfish? Is it that everyone should stay at home? You know, like really figure out what the story is. And then you have a place to analyze it, right? Now you're not just running blind. You can say like, okay, here's the statement that I've held true. Is it true for me? Is this something that I want to honor? Is this something that I want to keep living? Um, And then you can kind of go back to that place of having empathy for yourself and saying, when you find yourself repeating that old pattern or living in alignment with that old belief saying, okay, how can I make a better choice? How can I better support myself? How can I, again, reach out for support in that area, whether it is reading a book or getting a mentor or like following a blog that is talking about, you know, whatever you want to learn more about. But it really comes back to, uncovering those beliefs. And that's the hardest part. That's so good. I think that we so often keep our beliefs from childhood and just assume that they're true without really reflecting on it. Or maybe they were true for our parents, but that doesn't mean that they have to be true for us, you know? Um, So I love that. So can you share with us one of your mindset hacks for confidence and self-esteem? Yeah. um, So my, and this is honestly a really funny one, but it really is just like thinking about for women in particular and something that's really helped me in business is like thinking about the same situation. If I was a man, like if I was a man, would I apologize for my pricing? If I was a man, would I apologize for having to work over the weekend and not being able to go to family dinner? Right. So like, and for me, this is obviously for me being a woman in America. Right. So it is perfect. But I think finding that mentor, whether it is like, a business owner that you really admire or like a kick-ass mom who's like really loving it and is like really present with her kids saying like putting yourself in that shoes and their shoes and saying like, what would I do if I were them? Right. is a good way to kind of like hack that confidence because in the beginning you're not going to have it right. Like you are in a position of like growing there. So I think having someone to look up to kind of empower you to take that next step um, until you then have the evidence for yourself. Like, no, I am doing it. No, I am killing it in business and in life and with motherhood. Yeah. And I think that kind of like you said, you can look at other people like what men are doing and would they feel bad for this? Would they apologize apologize for this? But you can also look at that person and like make a decision like as if you were the person you want to be. And I think that that's helpful. Um, so do you have a mantra in med- or meditation practice that you do at all? Yeah, actually. So I have um, several different meditations that I, or meditations and affirmations that I use. 
um, a hack I actually got from another podcast was I have set alarms on my phone. And so three different times a day, I get a affirmation based on really what I'm struggling with at the time. So like right now, the affirmations on my phone are, I have more than enough, which is really powerful for me personally. Um, adventure is all around me, which I think is like very relevant given Corona and I haven't lived in my house in yes. several months. Just feeling like life is still an adventure. And then the last one is my creativity heals myself and others. So um, I'm re- I recently read The Artist's Way. And so I'm really embracing like creativity and adventure kind of in my everyday life. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's funny how just like a little reminder can put you back in the right perspective or the right frame of mind. We always think that we're just going to remember these things, you know, like I'm just going to remember throughout the day to be more creative or to do, you know, and the truth is we don't like, or sometimes you just need to set little reminders around you to remember. So I love that. So let's talk a little bit about tips that you might have um, or encouragement for women if you could share one tip that you wish every female knew about, what would it be? I think it really would just going back to like, you are smart enough to handle your own finances. You are, and honestly, worthy of the life that you want to. I think so many of us like play small and we just like, well, I can probably live on, you know, this amount of money and I don't need more than that. And we're happy and like gratitude. And that's so important for like having everyday life, but really owning the life that you want, right? Because the first step really to getting there is even letting yourself say it. And I think so often I'll like talk to women and be like, hey, what's the dream? Like, what is the financial goal you're working on? And they'll say, oh, I just want to save $5,000. Oh, I just want to pay off this credit card. Or I just want to, you know, make an extra X amount to support my family, right? And so we like put that just, that modifier on it because we don't, even in naming our dreams, we want to keep them small. We're like almost afraid of being seen. So like, I would say that's my number one, like own your dream um, and know that you can get there. Yes. And when you said that, that reminded me, like one of my friends wanted to rent a yacht and take people on their yacht. And she was like embarrassed to say it. And she's like, that's my bougie dream, you know, but have the bougie dream, like dream big or it's your thing. Like, it doesn't matter what you or I think about that, just do what's cool for you or what you want to do, you know? Totally. And I think that's baller. Like I would love to come on a yacht party. Like that sounds amazing. (laughs) Right. Right. And then that's, I guess that's the other thing too. Don't just automatically assume that people are going to dismiss your dream. Like if you don't give them the chance to help you or support you in their dream, then they can't. (laughs) Totally. And most often I think that's, we think that people are going to judge us and shame us. But usually I found it's the opposite. You like name that dream. You're like, actually, I really want to start this business or I have this dream of getting out of debt or I want to own a castle or like travel to Paris, right? And people are like, that's awesome. Go for it. I can't wait to see you do it. Invite me on your yacht party, (laughs) right? Like people want to support us. Like the people around us love us and they want us to have our dreams and to be happy. So totally. Yes, yes. And you know, if you have somebody that's always negative or you know is going to shoot you down, maybe don't share it with that person. But other people in your life who are generally supportive of you, share your dang dream. (laughs) So let's pivot and talk about badass advice. And this will be a little bit more of rapid fire. Okay. What was your turning point for accomplishing your goals and becoming a badass? Deciding that I was done working for working 80 hours a week and being miserable. Nice. Do you have a morning or evening routine that you can share with us? 
Yes, I have a morning routine. Um, every morning I go on a mile run um, and then I then take my dog out for another run. Um, and then I have coffee and do my morning journaling um, before logging in for the day. What does your morning journaling look like? Um, so I shared, I recently read The Artist's Way. So I do what they call morning pages, which is just three pages of stream of consciousness journaling. Um, and some days it's super um, in depth and I'm like, oh, I'm having all these realizations. And some days it's like, and my hand hurts because I'm on page two of writing and this really sucks. <laughs> so it, it definitely ebbs and flows. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with The Artist's Way, it's by Julia Cameron and they have The Artist's Way just that book, but then also different versions like The Artist's Way for Parents. But it's definitely a good read. So check it out and I will put it in the show notes. Um, what's one thing that you have learned from a woman in your life, Jillian? Don't apologize for being a woman. That is something that I think my mom definitely taught me. She is a strong, badass woman. Like if I think about ordinary or badness, like mom is definitely a badass. Um, and so she never apologized for being a woman or going after what she wanted. And I think that was so huge for me. Yes. It's powerful when you're in, like in the presence of another badass woman. So I love that. Um, can you share a habit or a practice that has contributed to your success? Yeah. Um, a practice that has really helped me is making sure it was just kind of funny, but making sure I go to bed on time. Um, I used to have a really bad habit of like, taking my phone with me to bed or like not going to bed on time. And then I was really cranky and I don't do my best work then. So really like enforcing that bedtime and like being almost like my own parent and saying like, no, Jillian, you got to go to bed. <laughs> I love that. And sometimes it's just the little, the little tips or tricks, you know, like that to be your own parent. You know, I think that they are definitely helpful. Um, what is something that you wish everyone knew about confidence and overcoming obstacles? It's a lot simpler than you think it is. I think when we have a big dream of saving the big emergency fund or getting out of debt or buying the dream house, we spiral and think about all the different ways and all the things we're going to have to do to get there. But it really starts with saving that first $500, opening the investment account. Like it's that first step really. And then from there, it's just momentum. It's really not as hard as we make it out to be. Yeah. Focus on the first month or focus on the first step. And that is it. That's so good. Um, how often do you read? And you can, can you recommend a book and share why? Yeah. Um, so I just finished Artist's Way again, but I'm currently reading Glennon Doyle, Untamed, and I am on fire about it. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> I heard good. that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I will put that in the show notes. We'll definitely have to check it out. Um, what is something that, that, that you've gotten from that book that you can apply to your life? Yeah. So um, in the book, she talks about she uses the story of a cheetah who is um, at the zoo. And it's really, she uses it as a uh, metaphor for women who have kind of forgotten their wildness, have forgotten that they are powerful, that they are strong and confident. And like, that is our nature. And that really this like encaged life or, you know, the limits that we put on ourselves are not real. What is real is that you are brave and strong and smart and capable so really just like waking myself back up. Like I just got chill bumps talking about it. I know. Really, yeah. Really waking myself back up to that has just been like, oh, it's been so good. Yes. You are capable and strong, O to beers. So yeah, I mean, I definitely want to check out that book, but now I'm even more excited too. Um, let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life they want. And then if you'll share how the audience can connect with you. Yeah. 
Um, my number one advice if you're in the arena is just keep going. Like, don't focus on the next month or six months or year. Like, focus on today, focus on tomorrow, focus on this one moment. I know when you're in the middle of it, when you're focusing on a goal, it may feel like you're pushing a boulder up the hill. But if you're in it, if you're fighting for it, like, keep going. If you fall down, get right back up. Because I promise you, I'm cheering you on. I know Marie's cheering you on. You've got a community around you. So just keep fighting. So good. Thank you so much. Can you share how we can connect with you? Yeah, of course. So I am underscore Jillian Todd on Instagram. Um, and you can find the links to all my things there. I also have a podcast called Money Confident where you can find anywhere podcasts are found. Um, and I would love to have you subscribe. Send me a message if you heard me today on the podcast and you want to connect. I love um, engaging with you. I love sending gifts back and forth. So any way I can help you or connect with you, I'd love to. Yeah, and I will definitely add your contact info to the show notes so that people can get in touch with you. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. You've been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. With that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, ordinarytobadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's ordinarytobadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.